Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And we are wrapping up, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be Mm a-holes. And I'm bringing you another a-hole. You brought us one on Sunday. Yes, I did. A big one. I didn't like it at all. A gaping. Yes. One. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a gaping asshole. (laughs) I mean, truly. We're starting off strong. I call him like I see him. Sure do. (laughs) Yep. Well, here's here's another overgrown a-hole. Okay. uh, Today. I'm gonna bring you some juicy juice, and in the where's words, that juice coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Not clarify. the gaping ale. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, and because I promised your darling son that I would say this, yeah, everyone needs to kick off your shoes, relax. This is gonna be a good one. And thank you to him for that suggestion because because that was catchy. I promised him I would. I've I deliver. So what we're doing today is I want to prove to everyone that we don't forget where we come from. So I'm going to bring you a case that is so close to us, we could practically drive there when we're done podcasting if you want to. Shivers. Mm -hmm. I actually kind of do. Not practically, like we could if you wanted to. And hit a Dairy Queen because this sounds good. Yes. (laughs) So Road trip. I'm going to bring you the tragic case of Marilyn Depew. Are you familiar with the Depew? So case? I am only familiar because you gave me a little snippet and I know of this case and I've been so excited to hear what you have to bring to me because I know it's not what I always thought it was going to be. All right. You're so right. I'm so, going to I'm going to crush some people's hopes and dreams I think today. I'm one of them. I think you're going to crush me today. Okay, and I'm afraid this might be the case where we get added on social media a lot about like this some people might not believe me. Mm, okay. So we're going to well, see. This could be it. Kick um, off your shoes. That's right. Now, if you're from Branch County, Michigan, specifically close to Coldwater and Bronson, then the Depew case is probably pretty well known to you. If you're not from there, then if I say the name Jeepers Creepers, yes, it might be ringing a little bit of a bell. Uh-huh. Or... You might be like me, who was still lost, in which case you're going to learn something new today. Because (laughs) as you know, dear friend, I am not all about the scary, scary Yes. So you don't watch those? I had never seen Jeepers Creepers. Unfortunately, unfortunately, when we were separated at birth, my uh, parental figures raised me on the old scary movies. So I am a, you know, I'm a fan. And the mother that raised me is as much of a chicken shit as I am. (laughs) So you didn't get to to see all those, which is probably a good thing. But I have... Did not like, okay, when Scary Movie came out, I wasn't even allowed to watch that. Oh, really? Yes. And then when my mom found out that my much older sibling allowed me to watch it when I was with him one day, she was not happy. I bet. I say much older. He's seven years older. I act like he's decrepit or something. (laughs) 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 So, But no, I remember the movie. It was, um, I 
really liked it. It was really scary. And I had always heard that it was about a case near yeah. us. Yep. But I never looked into that. I always Hold was just like, that. oh, cool. Hold on to that. We're going to come back around to it. This case was actually recommended to us by several people. I feel like it would be an injustice to try to, you know, only name one person here. So uh, many of you wrote us and was like, oh, you should cover the Jeepers Creepers case. It was a Michigan case. Uh Thank you very much for your suggestion. And here it is, guys. Let's hear it. We're going to start on Easter Sunday, April 15th, 1990. We're driving down Snow Prairie Road in Branch County, Michigan, and that is located just 12 miles outside of Coldwater. All right. We are with Ray and Marie Thornton. Okay? All right. They're, they are literally out for a Sunday drive, which is something that they did every weekend, and it's something that pisses me off when I get behind people that are out mm, for a Sunday, Sunday drive. <laughs> yes. So, guys... Kind of not cool. This is so close to us, though. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, You probably recognized Snow Prairie Road. I did. So, in just a matter of minutes while they're tooling around, the couple, and yes, they were a couple. They are not siblings like is what is normally reported. In the movie. In the the movie, that's what it was, too. That they were siblings? Yes. Mm -hmm. No. They're a married couple. A van speeds up behind them and passes them rather aggressively. Okay, so they took notice. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently, one of the games that this couple liked to play when they were out on their Sunday drives is the license plate game. So you see a license plate, and you have to come up with a name that starts with the first letter of that plate. Uh Uh-huh. It was Marie's turn, and she notices that the van's license plate began with a GZ. So what she came up with was, geez, he's really in a hurry. Okay. Catchy. Catchy. Several miles down the road, the Thorntons come across the van and its driver a second time. But as they're they're approaching this old schoolhouse, it's an old abandoned schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. So they're coming up on it. Marie notices some movement in the back of the property. And she sees a man trailing behind him what appeared to be a bloody sheet. A really, really bloody sheet. Mm -hmm. She's like, what is that man doing? Well, they they go ahead and pass the whole schoolhouse. And on the other side of the schoolhouse, parked between the building and a large, like, rusted out tank. It's just this, like, circular tank. It's the best way I can describe it. They notice that van that had passed them in a huge hurry before is parked right between those two objects. Well, they go ahead and keep driving and she's you know drawing attention to all this to her husband of course so then minutes later they keep onward minutes later that same van pulls up behind them again and rode their bumper pushing them along for nearly two miles that would be so scary yeah it would after you just saw the driver with what appeared to be a bloody sheet absolutely what happens is so they he rode their bumper bumper for nearly two miles before again passing them now this time Marie is like, something is up. So she pulls out a pad of paper and she writes down the full license plate license. number. Good for her. She is feeling some vibes here, yeah. of course. Yeah, it would be too. Yeah. And she had already, the game had helped her remember the first two letters. She already knew that. Yeah. So she's writing all that down. Well, then Ray turns off the high, I mean, they call it a highway, but it's really not a highway. If you're from here, you know it's not a highway. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls off from the road 
And when he did, they noticed the van like kept going, but then a little ways up, the van also pulls off to the side of the road. They decide that they're going to turn around in an attempt to get more of a, a full picture of the license plate and what is going on here. Well, as they're uh, like noticing, as they're approaching the van again, they notice that the driver is changing his license plate. Mm. So they're like, wait he's a not second. very discreet, is he? No, not at all. So he's changing his license plate. So they're, now they're forced to, they were pulling up behind him, still seeming like they're just out for a country drive. So they're forced to go around him. And as they go around him, Marie notices the whole passenger side door is open and it's covered in blood. Oh, yikes. So now they know like something is really bad between that door, the fact that he's changing his license plate and what they just witnessed with the sheet. I would have been so scared at that point. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because he's like obviously trailing them because Mm -hmm. they saw something. Yeah. it's, it is unclear if that's really why he was trailing them or if he's just in a hurry and they were going the same way that he, yes, that he gotcha. was. Because he doesn't, he doesn't do anything with them. He does not follow them anymore, anything like that. So what they do, and this, to me, I was like shocked because I personally think that I would have just went right to the police with my information. They actually went back to the schoolhouse and went into the back of the property and searched oh, to, to confirm that what they found, what they saw was actually real and not some sort of misunderstanding. Oh my gosh. Very bold of them. That's what I thought. It was like, oh, no, no, don't do that. You yeah. know, <laughs> please don't do that. But they did, and they discover the sheet is kind of stuffed into an animal hole. And so careful not to disrupt anything. They were being very careful about where they were stepping and what they were touching. They didn't actually touch the sheet. They just looked and could see it was partially stuffed and it appeared to have blood on it. Mm -hmm. So then they go and contact the police. If you have seen the 2001 blockbuster hit Jeepers Creepers, then this scene that I just described for you might sound very familiar. It does. Very much. Apparently, and I don't know this because I've not seen the film, because you know me, Uh chicken shit Charnel over here. (laughs) Old, good old Chuck. It is, yes, Chucky. Good old old Chucky over here not watching scary movies. Right, right. But no, it it is that is exactly how the movie starts out. Yep. It is literally the opening scene, except for instead of a couple, in the movie the pair are siblings. Mm -hmm. And then like right after the scene that I just described happens, and they do, I believe, if I'm understanding right in the movie, they make it sound like the guy's like purposely trailing them because he saw they saw something. That that part's not accurate and then you know some mystical creature crap starts happening yeah there's a whole demon with wings and everything and now I want to watch it again I might go home and do that there you go you (laughs) get reading my soul you get your freak scary on and I'm going to turn on where the heart is or something yeah I was really hoping you were gonna tell me that the the demonic creature was not a part of that (laughs) so I knew that part was not true that uh, that part's not real (laughs) however I am here to wreck everything that you thought you knew so, and I don't at me. Crush, Do not at crush me about my this. spirits and my dreams. Yes. Right now. If you search, was Jeepers Creepers inspired about a real life murder or something along those lines, you are going to find literally hundreds of articles claiming that the opening scene was based on the Marilyn Depew case that I am bringing you today. And being from this area, I'm sure it's quite a conversation piece to have in your back pocket for like those awkward it silent is. I've moments. Had it. Like, hey, did you guys know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're on a Tinder date and it gets awkward and silent. And you're like, by the way, so right. you ever seen 
Do you I'm want to keep creepers? that one in mind, actually. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I, I am sorry to tell all of you guys, but Victor Salva, the writer and director of Jeepers Creepers, has denied that the opening scene is based on the Michigan crime. Really? As a matter of fact, he has never cited it as a source anywhere. Mm. It's not in the credits. This is juicy. Yes. Because, man, is it similar. Well, well, I know. The movie came out in 2001, and the comparison was not made until, from what I could gather, 2011, when a YouTuber drew attention to the similarities and started the conversation. Okay. 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 Now, from what I can tell, it went from being like the form of a question, like, hey, guys, look at this. Was Jeepers Creepers the beginning scene inspired by the Marilyn Depew murder? And then it, with with no actual evidence and credibility at all, it turned into a mass media hold of, hey, everyone. It was fa- became more of like a factual thing. Yeah. Like, hey, this movie's based you, on... Yeah, hey, did you know that this movie... And then, of course, everybody... Every article that you read is written in this way where they're trying to be like funny and interesting and like, no, no, not the winged creature. Of course, that's not real. But the opening scene before the winged creature appears is the same as what Dennis uh-huh. Depew did in the Marilyn Depew murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen the movie, but from what you've told me. You described it. Ex- I mean, exactly. It's like to a T. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according, you know, Victor Salva has not confirmed and has, in some reports, completely denied it. With that said, I'm going to give you a little background information about Victor Salva. He often wrote scripts based on people that he knew, but he also gave credit to them. His early career was derailed by the revelations of sexual misconduct with one of the one of a film that he had written and was directing, one mm-hmm. of their underage stars. Oh, okay. He was tried, convicted, and spent a year in state prison. He described it as a, quote, a dark time in my confused young life, but also a time when I took responsibility for my own arrested development and the ramifications of growing up in a deeply dysfunctional family, end quote. So his next film brought him to Los Angeles based on characters that he met in prison, and that was called The Nature of the Beast in 1995, which he wrote and directed. And that actually like became a new line cinema biggest title of their year of the year. Okay. Yeah. At that time. So what I am saying is that in the past he had no issue admitting when someone or something inspired him. So there was no really no reason to say that he wouldn't if this was also the case for Jeepers Creepers. Sure. Sure. But you know guys know that I like to give both sides when we find conflicting information. So there it is. I am way more likely to say that it's just rumored to have been based on the opening scene just from the way, like, if you do enough research in this, and I scaled article upon article upon article, it's interesting how it just continues on like a rumor. Like, it started in 2011 with that YouTuber, and then it caught fire and is still continuing. I just saw an article from it about it in July 2021. Mm. This random mag- online magazine was like, hey, this just in. Uh-huh. Jeepers Creepers was, it's the same old information, but nobody, there's only a few credible sources that were like, yes, we reached out to Victor. He denied it. Yes, we reached out to Victor. No comment. We can't find it in any of the credited, it, you uh-huh. know, in the credits of the movie. 
Do you think that Victor forgot to cite his source? <laughs> and then he's like, crap. Um, yeah, not uh, based on this at all. There, there you go. It's like us in grad it's like, school. Crap. <laughs> it's not plagiarism. I forgot my APA format. Right. Um, it's not. I, I didn't it's, use that. It's not. Yeah. No. That, well, that's the other argument that, is, that I was going to pose is just that it's possible that he is just not willing because he didn't give, he didn't cite his sources, but he didn't reach out to the family. Mm-hmm. Nothing like like that so mm-hmm. I wow. but it would also this case happened in 1991 uh-huh so it I, I don't know why why would that just suddenly and there it's it's very cut and dry like it's not like something this isn't an unsolved case this mm-hmm. is a solved case it, it got solved in 1992 so it's not like it's this case that's constantly up in the media and fresh in people's minds so sure, I did kind sure. of think of like why is in 2001 is he randomly like bringing this about. I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's a heck of a start to a movie. So I, if it's a coincidence, it is a, a very strong were, coincidence. Were they even playing the license plate game in the They movie? were. But it was at night, wasn't it? Because I tried to watch a couple of cups. It was during the day? It was during the day. Oh, okay. It was during the day. Okay. So there's, there is some strong, strong similarities okay. at the beginning. Now, yeah, it takes the demon gargoyle from hell turn <laughs> right. feeding every couple of years on the flesh of humans i thought it was 23 or the blood or, or tw- yeah, yeah it was like 20 something every season it has Get a season where it right, feeds <laughs> it's been it's- a long time since i've seen it but i did like yeah. it and then the second one and they go on to make others and they're not as good but okay. but yeah it comes back to like feed every so often and whatnot but the beginnings are very similar. Okay. Everything you described of the case, which I, on my end, I've never, like we kind of have opposite going on. I never have looked into the real case. I've seen the movie and I heard that the movie was based, mm-hmm. like the first part of it's based on that case, but I didn't ever look into the case. Right. But when you describe the case, it sounds just like the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh gosh, if he is denying it, I don't know. And in some some reports he did, but you I mean I had the same thought you did of he might have just forgot to cite his sources like, thinking that was a long time ago and nobody's going to make this comparison and then this this He's hit. like I'm adding a demon in there. What are people right. I mean? <laughs> then along comes this YouTuber that's like hey, yeah. hey by the way. <laughs> I love like, it. Damn you YouTube. <laughs> no, I don't know but that's a really interesting component that yeah. he's denying there's a coincidence. I mean, I guess maybe there's some chance he had this vision and it wasn't right, anything to it do is, with the case. It is a scary situation. Uh, there are other movies where a situation is very similar mm-hmm. too, but if they were playing the license plate game, that to me, just so you guys know, a major source of information for this is an Unsolved Mysteries episode. And we'll, we'll get into that more, but I was able to access it like from the original Unsolved Mysteries. We are talking. Oh, like the back in the day with the. Yes. Yes. I loved that show. So, I mean, it's possible that, you know, he had watched that and got inspired and started writing his script. I don't know. Does he ever share what his inspiration was? Like, does he ever? Okay. I actually shouldn't say that. I don't know. Because for him, the movie was more about the beast that comes back. Not, Mm. you know, I mean, he writes writes all horror genre. So... So that I just thought that was an interesting twist that it I was going to bring everybody. Because it is. all of our uh, people that wrote us about it were like, yeah, it was based on, you know. And I, I happened to stumble across this and went down more rabbit holes and was like, oh, hey, wait. I did look on for the credits, too. It's not there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
the same token, I don't know what it looks like when you do credit a murder right? story. What do, yeah, what does that look like? You know, in a movie movie credit. So, so there's that. You know, like I said, don't at me about it. I'm just giving you all the information that I found. There's a ton of ton of stuff that says yes, it was, mm-hmm. but none of them actually interviewed Victor and confirmed that. Okay. It was just reading hmm. other people, going off from other people's reports. So okay, okay. There's that. Have fun with it. Well, let's move on. I, you've flipped my world upside down. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> all right. Well, flip yourself back up, snuggle in. Now we're going to get back to the case. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear the end. I'm going to tell you about Marilyn Depew. She was born Marilyn Lee McClenahan on January 24th, 1941 to Dallas and Betty uh, Jane. Marilyn was smart, kind, and at the time of her death, she was the school counselor at Coldwater High School. Oh, wouldn't you know it? Mm-hmm. She was pursu- pursuing her doctoral degree. She was very close to accomplishing her goal where there were plans for her to finish her schooling that summer of, and then be hired as a school administrator. She had some goals. So she was going to be hired that summer as a school administrator with her doctoral degree. degree. Mm-hmm. She was described as being a really quiet and private person. She was very good at her job. The students and the staff felt that she was going to keep their confidence. She was was very, very good with the students. Her husband, Dennis DePew, was born June 13th, 1943 in Sturgis, Michigan. OMG, that is my birthday. Yes, it is. A few years before you. I was just going to say, he's a little exactly older than me. Exactly 40 years be- older than you. But he is a fellow Gemini yes, that he is. I will acknowledge. So, And he's the son of Claude Dale DePew and Elma Merle DePew. She, er, he was a Coldwater resident for the past 20 years at, this, at the time of the incident. And during his early life, he lived in Baroque, Michigan. He graduated from Baroque High School and received a bachelor's degree in business education from Michigan State University. He was employed more than 20 years for the state of Michigan. I know about that. It's so crazy to hear all this stuff so close to home, uh-huh. like Coldwater and Baroque. And, and then you know. he like literally lit, works for the same. I the, know. Like, yeah. But he worked in the Department of Treasury as a property tax specialist. Okay. And he also taught business education in Portland, Oregon at one point in time in his life and Los Angeles, California. He attended Burr Oak United Methodist Church and was a member of the MSU Alumni Association. He was really, really into MSU sports. Oh, nice. It was like a big part of his life. Okay. So the two had been married for 18 years in 1989 and had three beautiful children when Marilyn decided it was time to file for divorce. Now... According to the couple's oldest daughter, it wasn't that they fought all the time, although although there was plenty of that. Mm -hmm. They also just didn't talk at all. Oh. Yeah. And and even the kids had taken notice of that. So if they weren't fighting, they weren't talking. They just weren't talking. Mm -hmm. During the fall of 89, when going through the divorce proceedings, Marilyn had told co-workers that she felt Dennis could become violent and warned them of what should be done if he came into the school. So oh. she is like oh, wow. safety planning. Yeah, for, that's not good. Yeah, what could happen at, at her employment. But she never divulged information to family or friends if Dennis had been violent with her during their marriage. And again, remember that I said she was a very private person. Yes. Dennis highly contested the divorce. He did not want the divorce. 
at first he was like giving her everything in hopes that it would stop her from going through with the divorce. He was very aggressively not wanting it. And after it was actually final, he was allowed, and again, this is 89, he was allowed on the property. They had a little, oh, it's like a mother-in-law suite on the property. So he was allowed to go into that to do his work. That was his office. So the judge allowed him, like she had the house and the property, but he was allowed access to that Interesting. Area. Again, 89. Yeah, it was it was a different time. So Marilyn had actually confided in coworkers that she had changed the locks after the divorce. But when she'd come home from work, she'd find Dennis just sitting in her house. Oh, creepy. But the doors were still locked. She had no idea how he was getting in. Is this where you tell me he was the demon in the case? No, and I'm just then kidding. He was there <laughs> to feed. Was every feeding. Every 23 years. We, there, there's the truth in the case. There I knew it, it. Yes. No, that is really creepy. Now, did she ever say that he was uh, violent to her or that she just like really feared that he could be? No, she did not. Uh, I had said a minute ago, she didn't divulge information that he had ever been it but she felt he had the capability okay to become. my bad I must have missed that but again she was a private person so that's one of the unanswered questions mm-hmm. uh, and especially at this time you you know you don't you don't really talk about what's domestic, going on yeah relations yep. that are happening so this is kind of scary like how are you getting into the home yeah. he wouldn't provide any explanation I very much get these vibes of power and control Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want the divorce. You, I, I'm still going to be here anytime that I want. You can't tell me I can't. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, so at the time, their children, they had 18-year-old Jennifer, who was a senior at Quincy High School, 17-year-old Julie, who was a junior at Coldwater High School, and 11-year-old Scott, who was in the fifth grade at Lakeland Elementary School. Now, the girls were a part of the National Honor Society. Scott was actually in what was described as the gifted classes. Oh, okay. So these children are brilliant. Yeah, they sound like great kids. Yes, and they were from the outside, a seemingly normal middle-class family in rural Michigan. I mean, they both have good jobs. He works for the state of Michigan. She's a high school counselor. They have a beautiful home. They, their children are thriving. You know, Sounds like a pretty good life. Yeah, yep. Just a very standard, uh, the American dream, right? After the divorce, co-workers of Dennis described how he began to lose weight. He became, became withdrawn. And remember I said that he was a huge MSU fan, and he would typically talk about the Spartans, whatever season it was in, whether it is college football, if it's basketball season, whatever. He's always in the office talking it up, talking yeah. about the game or whatnot. Mm-hmm. They, he actually talked about it so much that they noticed that he no longer was. So at the time of this all going happening, it is March Madness. It is and they're like, like he's this is not the saying big anything. Time. Yeah, and he's not talking about basketball. That is not him at all. One of Dennis's co-workers, Jan Markowski, which is actually a man. Just oh, so you know, okay, good to know. Uh, talked on Unsolved Mysteries about how out of the blue one day, Dennis just said that he was contemplating suicide or murder. Oh. Uh-huh. It just. Wow. Know. One or the other, apparently. Right. 
I'm sorry. It's, I actually said suicide and murder. Not one. Oh, yeah, not oh okay. One or the other. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was going back and forth. Yeah, like, it was like which one should it be? It was no. like I'm going. No, I'm like, contemplating both. I'm contemplating suicide and murder, and I'm just picturing Mr. Markowski with a cup that has the Tans- Tasmanian Devil on it, just like sipping it, like. All right, Dennis, you go crunch some numbers. He's probably like, I missed the MSU talk. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly, this is a lot different. Uh huh. So, 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 Dennis, skinny Dennis is weird. (laughs) Like skinny, skinny, depressed Dennis. Yeah, that's a lot different. A lot different. Yeah. So it's safe to think. I'm not laughing at, you know, those things because divorce can do, I mean, it can make somebody go mad. Which I'm sure sure. that they're like, and he was very open about how he didn't want the divorce and whatnot. So I'm sure his coworkers getting one side of the story are very much like, I'm not going to push this issue too much because he's going through, dude's going through a lot. For sure. I'm going to drink my coffee out of my Tasmanian double cup and I'm going to do my job. Going to go back to my office. Going back to the old cubicle. But that is concerning for someone yes. to hear. It's safe to say things aren't going real good. Yeah. Not yeah. so much for Dennis. So now I'm going to take you back where we started on okay. Easter Sunday, April 15th, 1990. The divorce had been final since December 1989. So only for four months. So Jennifer and Julie had already made their stance that they were not interested in visiting with their father. Okay. Oh, wow. So it got to the point where they didn't even want to see him. Correct. But here it is Easter. And so Scott being 11 was still having contact and visitation with his dad. Uh-huh. And on that Sunday, Dennis showed up at the house to pick Scott up. Well, Scott had changed his mind and he did not want to go with his dad either. So this caused Dennis to become angry and Marilyn stepped in to calm the situation down. Now, all this did was anger Dennis more, and I'm going to do a trigger alert at this point in time to some domestic violence. He starts to become very physical with Marilyn, and when I say physical, I mean he literally beat the shit out of her with his fists in front of all three of their children. Oh, my gosh. On Easter? On Easter. They are all screaming at him to stop, begging him to stop. It escalates to the point where he ends up pushing her down a set of stairs in the home. Oh, no. On Unsolved Mysteries, it was the basement steps. Um, I've not, I couldn't find any reports, police reports that confirmed it was the basement steps. It just sets large steps Mm -hmm. in the home. And he goes down the stairs. When he brings her back up to the children, she is not walking on her own. Oh, gosh. Jennifer, their daughter Jennifer, recalled that, she looked really dazed, and she was saying, Mom, Mom, her mom wasn't responding. Her mom didn't even look like she was really there. Oh, she's this not, is horrible. At this point in time, he had beat her so bad, she's not even capable of being consciously mm-hmm. there and responding to her daughter. This is so sad for these children. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. for her too, but. Uh. I know. Dennis told the kids to stay there, that he was taking their mom to the hospital. He told, and he told Marilyn the same thing. We're going to the hospital. Puts Marilyn in his van. And I'm sure it comes as no surprise that to tell you that he did not take Marilyn to the hospital. I was kind of thinking now, it was going that way. One of the daughters did run over to the neighbor's house, told the neighbor to, you know, call police, say that this had happened, that they were going to the hospital. 
So instead, what happens is he drove her several miles down the road, shot her once in the back of the head right there in his van. Wow. Now, it's not known if he had planned this. I was, my mind was just thinking that, like, gosh, was this planned? Was it not? I mean, he had well, the gun. He but. had the gun, and he was not known to have a gun. He didn't like guns. He didn't talk about guns. The gun is a complete surprise to everyone. Oh, wow. So, and he also had that sheet. Now, it is not known if, did he shoot her and then go to his house for the sheet? Mm-hmm. That is, is not known. But it looks pretty damn premeditated to me. Either way, with having the gun and the statement that he made to his co-worker about contemplating murder and suicide. Yeah, may, and who knows, maybe it wasn't planned for that day, but maybe he was like mm-hmm. preparing for, for the sure. moment. Yep. And then it was just like... His son didn't want to go and... Right. It escalated to that point and, you know, he wasn't really even trying to cover anything up. That whole passenger side door, he did it right in his van. The whole door is... The van is covered Mm -hmm. in blood. So, um, at the time that the Thorntons call the police, so they're on the lookout almost immediately. Like, when the neighbors see him leave with Marilyn and the daughter ran over... The police are already like immediately on the lookout for him because the kids told he just beat my mom up. So they're calling hospitals, like intercepting at the area hospitals, be on the lookout for them because we're going to get him when he brings her yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Well, simultaneously, the Thorntons are now are calling the police saying we have this bloody sheet. So they collect the sheet for evidence and Dennis was immediately suspected for her abduction, of course. She was reported as a missing person that same day, and the hunt was on for Dennis and Marilyn Depew. Police discovered several large tire tracks and a large pool of blood um, at the schoolhouse. The tracks were later matched to Dennis's van, and the blood was later matched to Marilyn's. The next day, Monday, April 16, 1990, a highway worker discovered Mar- Marilyn Depew's body in a wooded area on a gravel road just outside of Bronson, Michigan halfway between the schoolhouse where the sheet was and her home. No, she was not found behind a church, as is cited in many sources. That's just so crazy, though, to hear Bronson, you know, so close to us. Three children are left without a mother, and their father is on the run. That's all I could think of. Like, it's tragic and terrible for Marilyn, absolutely. But we have three kids that just witnessed this, and now they don't have either one of their parents. Exactly. It was Easter Sunday. And oh my gosh, this is so sad. So Marilyn's parents spoke out on Unsolved Mysteries. And when you see her, I know this is 1991 when the Unsolved Mysteries episode aired actually, but when you see how elderly and innocent her parents are. I freaking bawled Aww. while she was talking. And, oh, no. and I know she's not alive anymore and she's with her daughter now, but just to listen to her about how angry it made them and how it was so brutal and premeditated. Her mom says, quote, the only thing that can help us even a little bit is to have Dennis caught. I think of it day and night and I will for the rest of my life. Oh, my heart. There's nothing that tugs at your heartstrings more than an emotional, sweet little elderly person. Yes, yes, grieving yes. her daughter. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. She had actually said, you know, if she had died in a car crash, that's one thing that you can cope with a little bit better. But it's hard to cope when it was cold-blooded murder Yes, from her own ex-husband. Knowing what the children saw mm-hmm. before they left and knowing what she went through, that would be so hard. Yep. 
Now, in the days following the murder, Dennis sent a total of 17 letters to family and friends postmarked from Virginia, Oklahoma, and Iowa. The letters were full of ramblings and, this is going to piss you off, justification for Marilyn's death. Oh, Dennis. Uh-huh. To his co-worker, Mr. Markowski, he claimed that Marilyn had, quote, plenty of opportunities to treat him fairly during the divorce, but she continued to turn the children against him and drag it out, lie to him, and that he was too old to just start over. Her friend Ann Dunkel, Marilyn's friend Ann Dunkel, said that the the letter, she had received a letter, and it was blaming anyone who had loved Marilyn, mm-hmm. helped her through the divorce, and helped support her. They were to blame. Wow. For, I feel for like murder. he just kind of like just lost it completely. Yeah. Right. As soon as his son didn't want to go with him, it was like, that's it. Yep. Now he's just on a rampage. Yeah. He couldn't see that your son doesn't want to go with you because of your personality. He blames her. Flaws. Yep. Mm -hmm. But nope, it's you think that she is turning. We've seen that time and time again in the cases that we've worked. I know we have. Mm -hmm. And so Anne was like, it was in these letters. It was like he was not accepting that he's the one that pulled the trigger. He's saying it's everyone else's fault. What happens next, guys, is that this case remains opened and unsolved for almost a year. Not unsolved in terms of we don't know who killed her. Unsolved in that where the hell is Dennis DePew? Oh, so Dennis goes MIA for that long? Yes. Wow. For over a year. An episode of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. Love him. Aired nearly one year after the murder. It I can just hear his voice now. I know. I love Talking it. into that microphone. So sultry. It, it was. And scary at the same time. I know. Like, I know. It was kind of a terrifying sound. And like you realize there's all these unsolved murderers. Just people running around out here. For sure. Yeah. And there's nothing more terrifying than his sultry voice coming through telling oh, you know. about a horrific thing. That still remains unsolved. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. His voice was incredible. That was like one of my shows growing up. Oh, I mine watched too. all the time. Mine too. My parents wouldn't let me watch scary movies, but they'd let me watch true <laughs> crime. They're like, this they is, you need to know night. the real things For that sure. have happened. I feel like they're like realists like that. Like, monsters are fake. But you know what? These Axe people are out there, honey. Totally real. <laughs> they're we still lived, walking around among us. We lived way out in the freaking middle of a cornfield in a hundred year old farmhouse, but you know, nighty night. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But that's, I grew up on that show. It was amazing. I think we all did. I mean, that are around our age. Our young listeners are like, what are you talking about? I've tried to watch the new ones and they're just not the same without him. Not without Robert. You need his voice. So this, this episode aired on March 20th. Now, remember this crime happened, uh, this was March 20th, 1991, and the crime happened on April 15th, 1990. Okay. So almost a year. I like that they didn't wait a long time to get it out there yeah. since he was still missing. Uh, yeah, that's what. That's exactly what I thought too. And if you guys want to watch it, it's season three, episode 20. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I might. It was beautiful. I might have to check it out. And then they do an update just two episodes later because... Literally after that episode, the same night that that episode airs, tips come in from all over about where Dennis freaking Depew As they is. always do. They're like, people are just like, oh my God. Yep. I saw I, him here. I know him. Yeah. One of those callers was a woman whose name is not being released and I didn't dig too much for it because it was very obvious she didn't want her name known. Mm-hmm. 
She believed that she knew where Dennis DePew was and that he was living with her best friend, quote, Mary, also a fake name, from what I understand, because it was in air, it was in quotations every place that I found it. So I'm guessing it's not her real name, which I wouldn't want to admit I was in a relationship with this dickbag either. No. So, but he was going by the name Hank Queen. <laughs> I couldn't stop even, it. I couldn't even get through that without busting up. Hank Queen. Why would <laughs> of all of the names in the universe? Yep. The vast universe. Yes. Hank yes. Queen is what he Hank went with. Hank Queen. How did it happen? I can't. And I, can't I could not it. find any information of why all of a sudden he wanted to be Mr. Queen. I don't know. Just call me Hank, Hank Queen. <laughs> it doesn't even sound good together. No. Hank Queen. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yep. Oh my so, goodness. There he is, just hanging out as Hank. Good old okay. Hank Queen. Good old Hank Queen. And um, so this friend of Mary's, she called the telecenter, provided authorities with a Texas license license plate number for Hank Queen's van. <laughs> for Mr. Hanky. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that Mr. the turd Hanky. in, um, <laughs> what is the show? Listeners, help me out here. Is it South Park? Mr. Hanky is like the Christmas poop. Maybe. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch South Park either, bitch. I was exposed to all horrible things. You had the childhood I always wanted. (laughs) Hold on. I'm looking up Mr. Hanky. I'm leaving this in. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's South Park. Hold on a second. Mr. Hanky. We've we've found it. it. I'm rusty, but I was correct. Okay, Mr. Hanky is a sen- sentient jolly piece of feces. <laughs> jolly piece of feces in the former Chris, uh, Christmas deity of South Park. Oh my god! Jolly piece of feces. Okay, jolly- there we have. We've settled it, Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky, he's a jolly piece of feces. feces yes. You couldn't have described this man better, Amber. Oh my gosh! Nice we'll have to job. remember that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Hanky. It just came to me like a vision. <laughs> the Christmas deity. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's well, amazing. You. Like I said, you had the childhood I always wanted. I couldn't watch stuff my like that. My mind is just completely tainted. I love it. Moving along. At 8.30 p.m. on the night of the broadcast, literally the same night, Mary arrives at her home outside of Dallas, Texas. Her boyfriend, Hank Queen, Mr. <laughs> Hank just not over it yet. He was he was there. He was already there. Oh. Okay. Okay. So he's actually he's there and He's in yeah, he's in Dallas, Texas. But word is spreading though. Like now that that he show's doesn't been No, word is spreading. Oh, okay. Mary's friend called the tele the telecenter, but Mary's friend has not called Mary. So Mary's Mary just gets home. And, and Hank Queen is there. Yeah, and Hank's there. His mm-hmm. van is is parked in the driveway, which was not out of the ordinary. Um, oh, I'm sorry, which was out of the ordinary because he usually kept it inside the garage. Mm-hmm. So when she came inside, he told her that his mother was very ill and that he needed to make an emergency trip home. He asked her to make him some sandwiches for the trip. What a fucking patriarch. Yeah. God Get in the kitchen and make say. me a sandwich. For sure. Like, mm. you've been here the whole time. She just make got home. Make yourself a sandwich. Make your own sandwich. Hank Queen. My God. It just sounds like such a tool thing that he it would does. do. Yes, it really does. 
The thing is, though, is that Mary did feel that something else was going on. She's just not really sure what it was. He gathered up his clothes and personal items, gave her instructions on preparing the food for his trip. Okay. What is he like? I'll take a salami with a nice provolone. Right. And put it in my Coleman cooler, will ya? Remember those? You know, yeah. You know it was a Coleman. (laughs) For sure. After putting his belongings in the van, he said goodbye to her, and she could tell that something was troubling him, and she had a feeling that she was never going to see him again. Oh. She's like, boys bouncing. I can feel it. Her gut was telling Mm -hmm. her that he was not coming back. So later that night, though, Mary was shocked to learn from her friend who called in the telecenter that Hank was actually Dennis DePew and that he had just been featured on Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. Can you imagine finding that out? Oh, no. And she even says she believes that he was watching the show and was deliberately keeping her like distracted in the kitchen with making the sandwiches mm-hmm. so that she would not see it and then he could leave. Oh, and, that gives me chills. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, though, she had been suspicious of him in the past. Past, She had even asked a private investigator to look into him, but nothing was found at the time. Oh, All right, honey. I'm just saying, honey. Oh, honey, you overpaid you have that to, P.I. Also, if you have to hire a detective to look into your man, please get a new the man. relationship. <laughs> please. Good point, Amber. Because all I could think of was, man, that private investigator didn't look very hard, did he? He took your money and didn't do yeah. shit. <laughs> Went back and had a sandwich at the <laughs> right. office. But apparently... We we were taking two different stances yes. on that because you're like, wait, relationship troubles. And I'm like, you were had by that P.I. I think we're both right, though, <laughs> I unfortunately. Think so too. <laughs> yes. So on the morning of March 21st, 1991, at 4 a.m., this is just hours after it aired, that episode of Unsolved Mysteries aired on March 20th. Dennis's life came to a violent end in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Oh. Tell me more, please. I'm about to. Now, according to an article in the AP News, Dennis DePew, he was 47, was found slumped behind the wheel of his van at about 4 a.m. Only moments after he had fired a 357 caliber Magnum at Warren County deputies and Vicksburg police during a chase that began in Louisiana. Oh, wow. Look at what Unsolved Mysteries did, though. I know. That's what I was thinking. The beauty of the show. his... Yes. Powerhouse producers. Everyone needed to hear that voice on a yes. Friday night or Monday night, whenever it was. I don't remember, but everybody don't needed to hear his voice. And look at, like, this, literally, I feel like Unsolved Mysteries helped this case. They did. Um, this like, is, very quickly. This is why it was solved so quickly. Yeah, yes, or not Robert. so quickly. I mean, right. But this is, it is literally, it's not a coincidence. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it, like, makes me excited. Now, one of the, um, Paul Barrett was one of the sheriff's deputies. He actually said, quote, my wife and I had watched the TV program about him. And then the next morning, I am with other officers firing into his van. That is so crazy. Like, like that's not, and he literally says, I'd say that's not going to happen every day. I'm like, yeah. You are correct, Good observation, sir. Paul. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> the preliminary examination indicated that DePew had died of a bullet wound that entered his mouth and came out the back of his head, Ooh. which means it was suicide because their bullets would not have went in that direction. They were trailing him. Okay, so he ended his own life. Yes. In the, in yep. the, he took, in, in the, the, the fury of it all. Yep. He went out, Okay, you know, I'm sure in what in his mind was a blaze of glory, but... I'm sure. What happened was that the... 
Mississippi authorities were alerted by Louisiana at about 3.15 a.m. that they were in pursuit of a van with stolen Texas tags. They said the driver of the van refused police orders to stop. Um, They set up a roadblock at the end of uh, Interstate 20 Bridge over the Mississippi River. And Deputy Barrett had actually said, I told them not to shoot him, but to shoot out the tires of his van. So they weren't going, you know, they were just trying to get him. Right. While this was all happening, um, they were informed by the FBI that the driver of the van was wanted for murder. Like, they were hot. Like, this tip line was so well connected. And they they put out all the information after they called. She, You know, Mary's friend called about that. They put all this information together, and they were on those plates. This is one of those situations where it all, like, actually worked out. Yes. The show aired. People called tips in. They followed the tips, and they were on it. And the information got to the police so that they could be on the you know spot the van with the the plates discover they're stolen they're like yeah this is our guy they start chasing him across county lines they're communicating to each other that they're chasing him across county lines and then he just stop him i mean basically Mm -hmm. i don't want to say makes it easy but he takes his own life right it's done it's done wow he did ram a police car with his van and rammed one of the um uh, other deputies cars as well he fired two shots through the windshield uh, at Deputy Sheriff Bubba Coleman's and then fired one more um, shot outside the van's like side window at the police uh, police officer named Mark Morgan. And they said by that time, uh, Barrett was within a quarter of a mile of the van. And after hearing that he was shooting at us, I told them to take him out. Mm. I mean, he was shooting first. Right. That is what they're trained to do. Barrett said that he pulled up behind the van and fired his machine gun into the rear of the vehicle as other officers exchanged fire with the driver. I see. Okay, so, so he snuck firing, up in the back. Yeah, they're firing back and forth. The van was full of clothes and boxes, and our bullets were not getting to him. Because he'd packed all of it. All of his <laughs> stuff is protecting him. Along. It is. <laughs> yep. He said that an officer rushed to the van when the shooting stopped and opened the driver's side door only to find Depew dead with the three fifty seven in his left hand and his thumb on the trigger. So. Wow. Yes. Good job, so Unsolved Mysteries how, and law enforcement yes, in this. Mississippi, it's, Louisiana. It's, un- job. it's unfortunate when anybody has to die and this all had to happen, but like, uh, it, he murdered. He, yeah, he murdered. He got his away with wife. it for a long months. time. Yeah. Yep. Without, I mean, giving up on his kids, with writing letters to everybody, trying to justify this. That was odd. Yeah. So that's why I had said at the beginning when I was talking about. He had that sheet. We don't know if he went and got the sheet after he murdered her, if he had a sheet in his van already, uh-huh. because he's never interviewed. They're never given a chance to interview him. To confirm all of yep. that. Wow. Any, of, any of that stuff. It was literally a crime of passion. And mama, don't raise your babies to be assholes because, damn. Because they'll turn out to be Hank Queen. Hank, good old Hank Queen. I hate to sound like Paul Harvey here, but... And now you have the rest of oh, the story. Oh, no. I love Paul Harvey. Well, I let's do add too. him into this mix because it's all very nostalgic for me. It is. So of many the of time. these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. My, my grandpa loved Paul Harvey. Oh, yeah. So we always listen to the, the rest of the, the story. The rest of the story. And mm-hmm. so you have the Jeepers Creepers rest of the story now. Yeah. Well, that thank you for all of that information because, like I said, I assumed that the case was about 
the movie was about the case. A winged creature that feeds every 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish that part. No, I don't wish that part was no, true. No, that would be No, awful. no, no, no. <laughs> but um, no, that was, that was good, mm-hmm. you know. That was and so, good- I don't know, maybe... Maybe it really is. It just hasn't been confirmed. I, you know, I don't know, guys, about that part. But I feel like I'm sure, sure, I, people will weigh in. I'm gonna tell you my two cents. That means nothing. Um, I feel like that it's so similar that it would. It. I really would question that there wasn't some kind of influence. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I'm all about coincidence too. Maybe by some chance he had this vision and it, it just was very similar but it, it is very similar to the similar. beginning yes, yeah. yeah right down to the license plate game that yep, to yep. me is pretty telling so but um i think what kind of bothers me about all of it is that the tragedy of marilyn's murder gets lost you're right in the all of the press that has been done that this movie this fictional horror movie is based off from what ended her life. Right. And so that part bothers me. So I really wanted to cover this case and mm-hmm. bring, you know, bring everybody to light of like, this was really, this really, even if it was based on that, it really was based on the murder of a innocent woman who was a mother of three and an outstanding member of her community. And he was on the run for that long. Yes. And you also gave mad props to unsolved mysteries because they helped solve this yeah, and that needs did. to be yes. you know just as known as the other stuff yes this is like some john walsh shit I right think, on up in here i think the winged uh is it winged winged demon winged. yes the overshadowed everything yeah and yeah we lost so, the truth in the case so yep that's why i want well, i was happy to cover it so thanks yeah. to everybody who recommended it thank you and are we ready to transition into our brain bath i am so I happened to get my hair done today. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, I did. It looks my, lovely. My roots are all covered They're now shining. from those naughty, naughty grays. Yes, I decided, you know what? I bet hairdressers have all kinds of stories. Oh, I bet they do. Let's look up some funny ones. So that is what I've done. Here's the title. Client brings in black and white photo, wants that color. <laughs> The title is everything. Like, that's all I need to hear. Everything. (laughs) It says, I've been doing hair for almost 20 years, so smartphones were not even around at the beginning of my career. Women used to bring in pictures of what they wanted. I lost count on how many women brought in black and white magazine pictures. I'm looking at you, Jennifer Aniston, smart (laughs) water ad. (laughs) And there's literally a picture of that ad. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And said, with a straight face, I love this color. Nowadays, I just get to deal with the nightmare that is Pinterest. So much Photoshop and filters. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, about the filters. And it, like, makes the colors look really vibrant, and then you You, get it done, and it's not. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Take a picture of it and put that filter on, and you'll have the same hair. And you know what? I didn't think about also um, until, like, I'm guilty. I looked at Pinterest for hairstyles but there's a lot of wigs out there too that like you'll get pictures of a wig that was styled and so you're not going to get that hair on your own self you know that is a perfectly styled quaff yeah (laughs) 
such a quaff. Yeah. And so it just, it's that unrealistic expectation of like, oh, my, I want my hair to look like this too, like smooth and flowing and yeah. flawless. Well, absolutely. It's because it's a wig. So, right. Because I've, I've actually so just, come across a couple where I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And then it was like a wig. Um, cause it, I would go to the site and it was like yeah. something about wigs. Oh, and, and then like, you can order the wig. Yeah. Which I've thought about doing. Right. You can have this hair for a low, low price of eighty nine ninety nine. Yes, right. exactly. So yeah, just a thought. Well, I thought I should read this one too. Client comes in for color, asks for extra. <laughs> At first I thought it was going to be like a blowjob or something, right? Oh, like extra, oh. like. Yeah, like a little extra at the... Yeah. (laughs) I want my two bits at the end. Yeah, yeah. Nope, no. Where she's taking this is she's like, so she takes the extra with her to the bathroom. I can only assume she put some on her pubic hair. (gasps) No. I don't know how she didn't make a mess in her pants, and I don't know why she felt it necessary to match the carpet to the drapes. I'm not here to judge. You do you. Hopefully you don't get chemical burn on your lady bits. Wow. You know, just just shave it, wax it. Don't. I mean, unless she was really trying to prove she was like a natural redhead. redhead. I was gonna say that too. (laughs) I mean, maybe her man had a thing for redheads, and she's like, "It's all natural." Look, probably like, damn it, it's role play week again. I had to go in for a hair dye job. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Uh, Well, you know, how did you want? Like, those are timed. You got to wash it out after a while. Uh, like, what if, you know? I'm curious how that played out. Like, hey, could I use the rest of that um, color, She didn't please? say what it was for. She just asked for extra hair color and took it with her to the bathroom. So, I mean, one can only assume it's either her leg hair or her pubic hair that she was dying. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But there we want to know. Like, I need to know. <laughs> right what in she if did. you've ever done this. Crime curious at yahoo.com. Yes. We will discreetly read oh, your tell, email. Right. <laughs> um, people did, when you remember that case that we had where somebody was drinking soda or pop, wherever you're from, whatever you call it, um, out of a can with a straw? And we were like, yeah. why do you do that? Somebody wrote in. Yes. One person wrote in and said that it was because they don't trust that the, the um, can is clean. So they prefer Legit. that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would totally support that. Another person said they have sensitive teeth, and so they um, they can drink it easier through a straw than having the whole thing like touch them, touch okay. their, their teeth. I've heard of also people doing it with coffee, so it's less likely to touch their teeth when they're drinking it. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Versus like dumping it That's into your mouth. How I should drink my coffee? Come to I should I should too because I drink so much of it, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. So, So, yeah. So, I mean, if you dye your pubic hair, write us. Judgment. (laughs) But write us and tell us why. Tell us why. Why not, rather than just getting rid of it, do you deal with the the cost of the extra hair dye? You think she charged her? You You think she was like, extra hair dye, five bucks. It's probably so expensive. I would like to think that there was a charge. Probably. Like, oh, you asked for extra. Sorry, I I only styled the head. But there was probably no before and after picture like they do (laughs) usually for the boost business. In our our salon. (laughs) Yes. No, probably not. Oh, Lord. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Follow us on social media. If you're so inclined, if you want more of us, extra content, outtakes, brain bath only episodes, early access to all of our episodes, then, uh, hey, join us on Crime Curious at Patreon.com. We have levels at 3 5 and $10. Very reasonably priced. So reasonable. 
uh, jump on there and join. You get access to our Facebook page. We're pretty cool in there. There's a lot of really good, I don't know, there's some really great people in there. We love to interact with each other. It's just a fun little safe community. It to really be in, is. To talk some murder. <laughs> some murder. murder. All right. But until next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, keep it curious and keep listening. Yes, That'd be great. please do. Please do that. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.